expressing the truth about the church in this world we live in. Welcome to Real Talk Ministry Podcast. This podcast talks about the issues we're facing with the church today and the challenges of balancing our life with Christ in this world we live in. Let's get ready to hear some real talk with our host, Miss Nisi. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you for joining in another podcast for Real Talk Ministry with me, Miss Nisi. It's a blessing, it's an honor to be able to share words of encouragement and um, words through the Word of God with you. This is the second podcast for the month of October. Um, I want to thank the Lord for taking me through this month. It's almost over. The year is almost over. And um, God has caused us to live another day. He has caused us to survive the things that Satan has thrown at us thrown at us (laughs) the tools that he used to hurt us didn't affect us it didn't kill us it may have overwhelmed us it may have worried us Um, it may have put us in position where we may felt like we had to compromise some things in order to do the job that is needed in our own thoughts and how we think we may need to go about doing it but We survived because God allowed us to let him lead and direct our ways. And by doing so, we didn't have to take the long route. We didn't have to become overly depressed and sad and lose focus and lose our spiritual life, our spiritual connection. Uh, Didn't have to take a break to try to reconvene our thoughts and our ways to be realigned with Christ because you know when things come at you whether it's material whether it's spiritual whether it's in human form it can be very very trying to your spirit and that's what Satan does he does what he can to challenge your spirit to throw you off course so he can have dominion over you but we thank God that he continued to have Jesus Christ has continued to have dominion over us meaning he controls and run our lives because he cares for us when I say run our lives I mean that with me I mean because I go to him with everything I'm like Lord I'm tired I'm tired of trying to figure it out I'm trying tired trying to work it out I'm tired of trying to understand what it is that I'm asking you to do for me on my behalf. You know how when we go to God and we say, Lord, you in control, you lead, you guide. I I lay it at the altar and then we go home and we start counting up our bills and we start looking at our circumstances and we start telling God what we want. This time I did the opposite. I actually just let him lead. (laughs) It's a practice thing. You have to practice to do that. I, I do. Because once you learn how to do things in the daily room, you start figuring out, oh, okay, yeah, Lord, I want you to do, I want you to lead and guide me, but um, I kind of want it this way, though. So for me, I did the opposite. I was like, Lord, I want you to lead and guide me. And then I actually let him lead and guide me without my interference. So I thank God for that. Because Satan has been busy, but... I thank God that we survived. We survived enough to continue to hang on and maintain our relationship and love with Christ. And 
I know people don't say this to be true, but it can be very hard to stay connected with Christ. I know people will say, no, it's not. If you got the spirit, if you love him, I will speak for me. When I say it's hard, it's hard. It's hard because Satan is relentless. And me saying it's hard doesn't mean that there were times I just wanted to walk away from God. I'm just saying sometimes these battles can be very frustrating. It can be overwhelming. It can be hard. But in Christ, he strengthens me. And I know whatever you're going through, if you're going through anything, you don't always, we don't always have to be going through something. We have good times in Christ. So, but if you're really struggling and you feel you're going through something, just know admitting that something is hard is not weak. It's not saying that you don't love Christ or that you don't want to commit your life to him. It just means that you need to ask God for more strength and build up your faith and, um, Keep moving, keep fighting, and knowing that God is in control and he will take care of you. So I had, I don't know why I went that way. I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to say. So, um, and I thank God that he did. But this is October. This is the second podcast of October. Real Talk Ministry for October has just passed. Um, It was today, Wednesday, October 27th. At 12.30 p.m. So if you haven't seen it, please go back, look at the videos, subscribe to my YouTube channel. We do have more events to come, and I believe it will be a blessing. These events that are to come in the next two months, which will end our 2021 events. I don't know what God has in store for me for 2022. But I thank God for the blessings he bestowed on me to be able to do this every month, these events for 2021. We started in February, February, and we're ending in December, and it has truly blessed my life. And I'm telling you, you will enjoy the next two months to come. November is right around the corner, so... But this podcast will probably be a two-part podcast. I'm pretty sure it will be a two-part podcast. And this podcast that we're going to talk about, in this podcast, we're going to talk about praise. I want to give credit. I don't want to say her full name because I don't know her. I never met her. I was just looking up praise and types of praises. And she put together the seven types of praises. And I don't want to say her full name, but I do have to say her name because I did not come up with this research on my own. So it's C.N. McBride. And she listed the seven types of praises. She used the uh, Strong's Concordance. So uh, Concordance. So I am going to be reading excerpts from what she has shared. I want to make sure that I don't plagiarize (laughs) what I saw and what I took from it. I will tell you that for this part one, I'm just going to go through the first three or at least first three praises that was listed. I'm going to give a lot of scriptures. Probably won't have a lot of breakdown of the scriptures on this part one, but it will be 
the definitions of the phrases and scriptures that you can read along with me. I do want to share that my thoughts on praise is I love it. I love giving God praise with my voice, with my hands, with my tears, with my feet, uh, in a dance. I just love showing him my appreciation through praise. But I do wish more churches focused more on worship, just like they do praise. I think praise is something that people think they have to see to show validation that you are really loving Christ at the moment that exaltation is going forth in the building or in the church and that it's a bodily expression and I feel that a lot of times people don't think church has that they have went to church unless they gave God a praise break honestly I don't see nothing wrong with that if it's just your own personal praise that you want to do for Christ what I do see wrong is that I really don't feel that people should be forced to do praise breaks. I think when people are not praising Christ, um, you can't force them to praise Christ. You can't talk them into it. It has to be something in them, internal, internal in them, that makes them want to move for Christ. Saying that if I was at a football game or at a concert of my favorite artist or if I saw a celebrity that I need to praise Christ like I praise them, it's false. I'm not going to get excited about a celebrity that I like, that I've seen on TV, the way I would about Christ in my life. Because if you ever had, ever had or still have Christ... In your life, you know the feeling is different. The feeling is different because that celebrity is just someone that may have caused me to be starstruck. That game is only for a moment, but Christ is in my life forever. I pray he never leaves me, and I pray there's nothing ever done on earth that can cause me to leave him. So the praise is not even the same by comparison. You're comparing Christ to a game where you can actually leave and be totally upset that someone lost or totally upset that or totally happy for a moment that someone won. With Christ, he don't want you lukewarm like that. He don't want you being um, happy for him when he does something good for you and then sad or mad because he didn't do something you want done your way. I don't believe praise should be a validation just to say you did a great job by getting people in the spirit and the service. That happens. You get one person who is capable of making people move and dance and shout. That person would be the MC of every <laughs> church service because it's not no longer getting the people to um, praise God for the things that he he has done for them. Now it's just pulling on their emotions. When the person has to get up and say, because um, you should be praising him, and you say, oh, yes, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's not good enough. Yes, it is. My praise is my praise is to Christ. He knows my praise. It's good enough if I'm doing it to him. I want to capitalize on praise because I think praise in church has just gone a little out of hand. Me 
my own personal experiences <laughs> and my own personal thoughts on that. It's because praise is no longer just something to do for Christ because of what he's done for you. Praise, praise has a time frame. Praise has to be validated through someone who just got through singing a song. So they want to see you move or want to see you clap or want some type of validation to say that I actually sung well or I spoke well or I preached well. Um, I really get annoyed when there is worship in the service and then all of a sudden the worship has just been hit by a praise break chord because people think that's the opportune time to dance and shout because you don't worship for like two minutes. I wish worship was more important than praise breaks for videos and streaming. And there were times where I would see a great praise break on YouTube and I'll be like, so what did y'all dance off of? Like, can you show the, uh, preacher like what did they say uh what what was there to encourage the people in the audience and they ain't had no no none of that they just want people to see people dance so that's not that's becoming more entertainment than actual praise I don't feel like you should bully people into praising. I don't feel like you should coerce people into praising. It has to be in them to be for real. Number one, and I have to say this is the biggest issue to me when it comes down to praising God. We, when I say we, I mean churches in general has been taught like if a brother or a sister just starts jumping down with the music, we will literally sit back and say, well, that person is not in the spirit. And the Bible never said you had to be in the spirit to praise. You had to worship in spirit and truth. But everything and anything could have a praise. And we would literally crucify someone, accuse them of playing in church if they're an adult doing it. If we don't feel that there is a spiritual connection, we turn our nose up at that. It's because you don't have to have a spiritual connection to praise. It's not a requirement. So we're going to go over some of this lesson that I'm doing for today. I do want to give kudos and credit to a lady I've never met. So I'm not going to say her full name, but she put together the seven types of praise and she used the strong concordance and I am going off of her notes, whether the notes came from Strong's and she just put it out there. Her, I won't say her full name because I don't know her personally, but C.N. McBride and doing my research of praise, um, she had the whole list laid out. So I'm using her information to break down the seven types of praise. I do believe that God is worthy of the praise. I know there shouldn't be certain structures and ways um, to force someone or to say you have to praise him this way in order to get an answer from God. 
Um, not saying this in in the way where prophets and stuff may tell you to do certain things because God is about to do something for your life. I'm not speaking on that. And I'm not speaking negative towards praise itself. I'm just saying that sometimes the standard of what is considered praise in church takes away the true authentic praise from Christ that a person can give to Christ. If you see someone sitting in their seat and you see everybody else is praising and that person is not praising, that is not the opportunity to sit and attack that person for not giving God praise. Because at that point, it's not for God, it's for you. So you can't do that. I've learned a lesson with that. When my daughter was real young, everybody would do praise and, you know, praise breaks and, you know, dance and stuff. And I used to be like, why you don't do that? Why you don't give God praise? And she did give God praise. She just didn't have to move her feet for me to see her body move for me to feel like her praise was accepted. And since we know there are many types of praises, we shouldn't be attacking people or making them feel bad for not praising him the way everybody else may praise him, that there are many ways to give God praise. So with that being said, this part one, I'm just going to go over three of the type, seven types of praise. It's going to be mainly what was um, written out already. I may add a little of my own input to it. And it's going to be scriptures. And you can read along with me. Um, I'm going to start with the first scripture, which probably, or chapter, which would probably be the most obvious one. (laughs) And that is Psalms 150. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That should be it, right? (laughs) He kind of just went through the whole church service and said that, you know, there's no exemptions to how you can praise me or what you can use to praise me. Just praise me. Just praise ye the Lord. And again, I'm just going to read excerpts and I'm just going to read scriptures. I kind of gave my... Uh, commentary already but I think it's just very very important just to highlight again uh, it's just very important that we do not or should I say that we should not continue to do praise the way we think a person should be doing praise there's too many ways to praise God without it just being one way. It doesn't have to just be a holler and a scream. It doesn't have to be someone running. Um, people are like, you got to make an ugly face to praise God. That's not the integrity of the heart. It's not the integrity of, of who 
you or what you're doing for Christ. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Your praise should be towards him, even if it's just words. So the first three types of praise that I am going to read and read with scriptures is Toda, Yada, and Barat. Now, if y'all ever heard, I don't know who the uh, group is, but uh, they had a song out and they had just about all the types of praises. And I'm not a singer, but I just know it was like, Barat, hallelujah, Barat, praise the Lord, Barat, hallelujah, Barat, praise the Lord. And it had all the types of songs. It was definitely listed all the praises. I want to say it was a Hezekiah Walker was on that project, but I don't know. But we're going to go through these types of praises tonight. So we're going to start with Toda. And it says to see Strong's number 8426. I do have a Strong's Concordance. So I can go to that number and probably see what she has put down. But it says this word means thanksgiving. Toda means thanksgiving. In Hebrew texts, such as the Psalms especially, it often appears in songs of thanksgiving and praise, which David offered in the midst of many of his trials. It can also sometimes denote an offering or sacrifice of thanksgiving. Sometimes it can be helpful to remember to offer this form of praise, especially in hard times. Thank God for his sovereignty, power, and might that he knows what he's up to, even though you may not. I believe some of these words were from C.N. McBride. I do want to credit her for putting this together, even if it's just putting the Strong's Concordance information in there. I want to give her that credit um, and acknowledge that she did that. So the scriptures for this Toda that I chose is Psalms 104. Just in case you're reading with me. It says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Leviticus 7 and 13. Besides the cakes, he shall offer for his offering leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offerings. I can see why it says to uh, make sure you give God this type of praise during hard times because it is hard to give God thanks when there are sacrifices being made because we, we we begin to get in our feelings and we begin to think that the ultimate praise should come once the victory reigns. You know, we just go through and then once the victory comes, then we praise. But we should praise him at all times. And um, sometimes our sacrifices, we think it's the cause of our struggles. But when we give thanks to God for everything that he has done for us and, and in the process of him doing it, um, we're building up our faith, we're building up our strength, and we're building up our up our respect and love towards Christ. It's drawing us to have a deeper connection with him so we won't feel like we just only going to thank you when the work is actually done and we can actually see that you did this for us. No, we're going to thank you always. So that is Toda. The next one is Yada. And it says C. Strong's number 3034. 
the root word of this form of praise, which is yad, Y-A-D, is a word meaning hand. Yada is very literally the lifting of hands in praise, reverence, and worship. The meaning conveyed is one of outward expression of love, of love towards God for others to see. It also means confession, but not necessarily in the general English sense you and I are used to hearing that word. When used or translated as confession, it means a an outward confession of praise or worthiness to God. Since yada involves the lifting of hands, one may understand it also with some connotations of surrendering or confessing authority to, as one under arrest puts up his hands to show submission to an officer. Strong's dictionary definition of the of this word was a rather exceptionally long entry. So for a complete picture, you may want to refer there. That's what she said. My scriptures were Psalms 63 and 4. And as a reminder, I always read from the King James Version. So these should be King James Version scriptures. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. 1 Timothy 2 and 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Psalms 134 and 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. And I apologize if you're reading with me and I'm going too fast. (laughs) I apologize for that. But at the end, I will share all the scriptures again. Limitations 3 and 41, still on Yada. Lift, let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God and the heavens. And Psalms 141 and 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up my hands as the evening sacrifice. And I know you're thinking, oh, she just went and looked up a bunch of scriptures that had to do with lifting up your hands. I did. (laughs) That was a part of my research. But I tried to find scriptures that actually went with the word yada. Like lift up your hands in the sanctuary and be blessed. That's what yada means. Yad, yad or Y-A-D means hand. And it means lifting your hands in prayer. I also like that it mentioned a form of surrendering or confessing to because a lot of times when we lift up our hands we are surrendering we are showing Christ that hey you know I honor you I worship you I hope you can see that I am giving up what I feel I need to be doing and allowing you to do what needs to be done for my life the last one is Barak this is a word which very commonly is known to men. I'm sorry, C. Strong's, number 1288. So if you're going through a Strong's concordance, you can look up these numbers and should be able to uh, help you research where she got the um, information from. And it says, this is a word which very common, commonly is known to mean to bless or blessed. If you have ever heard the beginning of a Hebrew blessing, Barak Atah Adonai, which means blessed are you, Lord. So I was surprised in researching it that it also carries a secondary meaning in some context of kneeling or bowing as well. 
Barak is usually the Hebrew word behind most blessings given in the Old Testament, either from God towards men blessing or men towards God praising and bowing. Barak is important to distinguish distinguish as strictly a verb in action, not a noun or a thing. Thus, the familial blessings of fathers towards their children, for example, come from a slightly related yet different Hebrew noun meaning benediction. And you can see the Strong's number 1293. And my scriptures for this is Psalms 115 and 18. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Psalms 134 and 1. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. And Psalms 134 and 3. The Lord that made heaven and earth, bless the out of Zion. That is a beautiful reading. That reminds me because um, my father, I'm sorry, just a little side note. My father used to have us do that as one of the readings of the word during our church service. So I thank God I was able to read that tonight. Just thinking about him. Reading that made me think about him. May he rest in heaven. So... Barak is known to be, um, a meaning needs to be blessed or to be blessed. And it's important that we bless our Lord, our God. If we don't put our praise in the proper position or in the proper order, and not necessarily saying one, two, three, we should praise him in that, that order. I mean, in order in our lives that we're going to be praising him with just our lips and bodily movement and not really with our heart showing him showing Christ not showing the person who is telling you to praise and jump and run showing Christ by doing yada by lifting up our hands showing them showing Christ that we surrender and that we praise him in that way and that we reverence him and that we worship him uh, to show him that we barack him, which means we, we're not just going to sit here and praise you because we just thankful for what you're doing and going to do for us and what we're going to get out of it because we're going to praise you. But we want to bless Christ too. Like We want to let you know we bless your name. We, we put reverence and respect to that. And then there's Toda which means we give thanksgiving. When you're in a position where all you hear is, if you praise the Lord, you're going to get stuff, you're putting yourself in a bad position because that's not what praise really means. I don't sit here and condone that there may be times that you may hear that you have to give God a praise for something to receive something. I know we say when praises go up, blessings come down. I don't know how true that is. I have to research that for myself. But I do know that if we start giving thanks to Christ and giving thanks to our Lord Jesus, our Savior, without always wanting our hands out to receive something, it's almost like saying, I will only praise you if you give me something. But if you don't give me something, then... I have to wait until you do in order for my praise to be legit. 
And that's what I mean when I started in the very beginning about victories. A lot of times we can have victories and we say these are small victories and these are big victories. The ones we think we can't really get to on our own, we'll be like, oh, these are big victories. But the big big victories equate to the same as small. I know in our minds we don't see it that way, but you have to start seeing it that way. That way we can properly praise God for everything and not dismiss the little things and don't think that's worthy of praise because it didn't compare to the big things. And this Barack one tonight really kind of sits out with me to bless or blessed. Um, She says, if you have ever heard the beginning of a Hebrew blessing, Barak Atah Adonai, blessed are you, Lord. Um, It even says the context can mean a secondary meaning could be for kneeling or bowing. And um, we just don't do that in our church services because we don't have time when you have a church that has three or four services yes I think it's very important to get to the people but um if all you're going to do is just preach the word then it's nothing wrong with praising at home but I think that's where the confusion comes when it comes to you're saying you got to praise you got to praise to be delivered you got to praise to get a blessing you got to praise in order to receive You got to praise in order to give, and then you got to give him praise because he's good. Out of all that, the most important part of praise of everything I had just said is to praise him because he is good. We have to get out of the habit of wanting something from him just because he said he will give us certain things. And then trying to present ourselves in a way where we think if we do this, it's going to come. If he's going to give you something, it's going to come. But you can praise him until it get there. You don't have to wait till it's there for you to praise him. Or you don't have to let that be your only expectation of the of wanting to receive something through him. So this is the reason why I'm praising him. Praise him because you generally, genuinely <laughs> love him. And you're appreciating the things that he does for you in your life. Praise him because he is God. He is Christ the King. You don't have to have a reason to praise him. You don't need to have something or want something or desire something to say, Lord, I thank you, I bless you, and I praise your name. So these are just three. And I said I will give the scriptures at the end. So we went um, with uh, Psalms 150th. 150th chapter the whole entire chapter 1 through 6 and I read Psalms 104 for Toda and Leviticus 7 and 13 for Toda for Yada the scriptures were um, Psalms 63 and 4 1 Timothy 2 and 8 Psalms 134 and 2 Lamentations 3 and 41, Psalms 141 and 2. And for Barak, the scripture was Psalms 115 and 18, Psalms 134 and 1, and Psalms 134 and 3.
I pray that the word bless you. I will be doing part two to finish up the other four praises next month. And I pray that you visit my website, realtalkministry.com, to check out next month's event. I will be doing a tribute to my father, who has been gone for a whole year, and his birthday is next month. So I'll be doing a tribute for the um, 2021 event for November, as well as giving a word of encouragement. So you be blessed and have a great night. Pray, give him praise, and thank him for being just God. No expectations on your behalf is needed because he already said he will supply our needs. He already know what we need and he already know what we desire. So we can eliminate, eliminate a lot of steps and just go directly to the source, which is just praise. God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to share and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can receive notifications when a new episode is posted. You can also stop by Miss Nisi's website, www.realtalkministry.com. There you can purchase her books, leave a comment, and stay connected with this ministry. Until next time, God bless.